0: Attack was suicidal. Max was it. It. you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it?
1: Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid, the Formula One podcast that this week is thanking its lucky stars, it's starting at the back of the grid because we'll probably miss the incident in turn one and <laughs> be able to finish the race. <laughs> I'm I your host this week, Tom King, and I'm joined as ever by Chris Evans. Hello, hello. And Stu Greenwood. Hi. Gentlemen, a very interesting
2: start, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it was... I I have mixed feelings about it because it promised a hell of a race. And what we got was a hell of a race for about 20 seconds. <clears throat> but I can't help <laughs> feeling like we were kind of robbed of a much better race. Yeah. I think that
1: Hamilton with his pace in the wet that he has and his talent in the wet that he has and his own faith in the fact that he's said since that as soon as he saw the rain, he was like, let's say I I can win this race from on! As soon as we got that, you wanted to see him try and take those in front of him on,
2: didn't you? You didn't want to see him just gifted it like that. Yeah, I mean, had what happened not happened, you'd have probably ended up with Vettel first um, maybe Raikkonen second, maybe Max second, you'd have had Alonso kind of up there in the mix and you'd have had Ricardo and Hamilton chasing them all down yeah but it wasn't to be. It made for an interesting
1: race for the midfield drivers and midfield teams though, we got to watch those guys battle it out for a little
2: more significant points than usual. Yeah, it's always funny when a couple of the front runners get taken out at the start because all the midfields sort of quickly go oh crap, we've, this is it, we've it's now or never yeah. to like get some decent points. Yeah,
0: yeah. They seem to sort of come alive, don't they? They really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Suddenly, like yeah. what would normally be like fourteenth, you're fighting for is suddenly tenth. Yeah. So for those who were living under a rock
1: during <laughs> Sunday, um, in short, turn one. So Sebastian Vettel uh, trying to squeeze a very fast start in Max Verstappen. Uh, towards the inside and coming across the front of him but ultimately into his teammate Kimi Raikkonen and then ultimately after that contact was made with Fernando Alonso as Kimi and Max fully out of control at that point careered into the side of the very, very fast start in Spaniard
0: Yeah, Yeah, five places he made up off the line
2: Yeah
1: such a start it's a shame as well that that because that was his opportunity to really put that car in the mix where engine power was its sort of most minimal um dependency
0: yeah yeah he did his classic round the outside at turn one move as well which you see so often but it
2: was like his right hand wheels were off on the paint on the paint covered in water as well like it was yeah so such a good start and yeah all came to nothing yeah yeah so so what do we all think of the the incident
0: then are are we going into it i've been trying i've been sort of trying to keep my tinder dry up to now i I didn't want to say too much but (laughs) yeah we're all a bit (laughs) just in case one of us has a wild opinion on it yeah i do well i'll let you guys go first because i have i think i'm probably gonna have a bit of a different opinion to you two but go on i'm i'm sort of relatively satisfied with the
1: outcome of it all um Ultimately, Vettel has done most damage to himself. Yes, he has. But other people's races have been ruined. But ultimately, the most damage has happened to him in the sense that he's lost what was potentially a lead coming out of that race. And he's handed a win with no response to a team that should have struggled on that
0: track. hmm so do you think it's is his... You sort of dodged the question a little bit there, Tom. Do you, yeah. think, it, do you think it was his own fault? or um, it's
1: Ultimately, he is the trigger
0: of the domino effect,
1: but I don't think he's done anything particularly out of order, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think he maybe was a little aggressive, and he didn't leave <clears throat> Max any opportunity. He, he should have had the foresight, is what I'm getting at, that... Although he could only see Max, and he was trying to cover off Max, he should have had the foresight that somebody could have been coming around the outside of Max to, to which is where Kimmy was. You know, it's yeah, Damn, it's a little schoolboy. Yeah, it, it's it, it's, a, it's a little bit. He's just seen his mirrors full of Red Bull, probably being able to see the McLaren coming down the other side, and he's the bed for want of a better phrase and he's he's just reacted
2: and it's caused chaos I mean it's it's a move he's done a hundred times off the start it's a move Schumacher used to do as well it's if the person in second gets a better start you move across on them you force them to the inside you compromise their line for turn one It's yes. 95% of the time it has exactly that effect but there's always the risk there that either the person in second isn't going to move out of the way, or there's somebody else by their inside, and it three into one don't go, and that's exactly what happened. It's it's every time you do that move, you're taking a risk, and on this occasion, yeah. that risk didn't pay off for him. I think the thing as well is to do
1: the move when you're the much slower starter of four cars trying to swallow you up behind yeah. you. That's when it becomes risky. It feels when, a little bit When you're getting an even yeah, when you're getting an even start between you and the car in second. It's a lot more acceptable to make that move across yeah. because you're at the same pace, and more than likely, you are going to come across the front of them, cut them off, and it's more acceptable. Mm. I think it's right that they've deemed it a racing incident because ultimately so that's well. what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know but, why they
0: even bothered sending them all up to the stewards. They all got it seemed true punishment, anyways. Time. Like even like yeah. every, everyone was at the race. If if anything, I suppose Alonso might be a bit sad that no one's been penalised for it, but it makes no difference to him anyway so it's much of a muchness isn't it
1: he to be honest though he wasn't exactly very vocal about what went on was he he you know he just took it on the chin of you know I I could have been running at the front in this race and that's gone now but what are you going to do
2: I think if had Vettel survived it and carried on then I would suspect maybe the stewards might take a different view of it Mm. yes I can imagine potentially.
0: That. Um M- may- maybe maybe maybe. Maybe I, not. I, I don't know. Like but then you'll I'll I'll tell you my opinion in a minute. Go on. Um but
2: yeah, I I actually completely agree with the decision as well. I think it was a it was a racing incident, <clears throat> I think. If you're going to apportion blame, Vettel has to take the majority of it because it was a move he made that always has an inherent risk and that risk didn't pay off, and as a result, he ruined three other drivers' races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it it is what it is. It was the thing is, it was a risk he shouldn't have been taking, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. As as the pole man, at a race where you probably have the fastest car. That certainly were in qualifying, yeah. where your nearest rival is significantly behind you and yeah. probably yeah, isn't yeah, going to have yeah. the same pace Absolutely as Absolutely agree with that. It which wouldn't is, which have been a... the end of the world if he came out of turn one in second place.
1: And yeah. that's exactly Max's point in post-race interviews yeah. Yeah. was he thought it was stupid that Vettel was defending so aggressively as he put yeah. it, in the, in the sense that... You know he's fighting for a world title, and the guy that he's fighting was already four or five places
2: behind him. So, well, this yeah. thing is like I've seen people saying, "Well, maybe Max should have backed out of it when he saw the Ferraris oh, coming across." No, but no. yeah, that's the thing not... is the the season he's had, he's every Sunday he's racing for that Sunday. Like the championship is nothing to him anymore. Yeah. He's not gonna look after his car just in case. He's gonna go for everything he can because he's just out there to have fun and get results at the end of the day. It's on the championship leaders, well, championship second place uh, man's shoulders to not let things like that happen. Yeah, yeah. That I do
1: agree with. Um, So now the intriguing part of the conversation. (laughs)
2: So
0: so my feeling is, I think if you're going to apportion blame, I think at, at worst, probably the worst you could give Vettel is equal blame to Raikkonen because the way Raikkonen came up the inside of him if you look at that if you watch the replay and I've watched it over and over and over <laughs> yeah again, watched I've watched it many like times. loads of angles on it as well you can see Raikkonen doesn't leave enough time after he's got ahead of Verstappen to to move to the right it's almost like the back of it he thinks the back of his helmet's the back of his car which is another quote that I think someone said about Vettel. Yeah. Webber might have said it about Vettel, but I think that applies to Räikkönen because you see his hands move over to the right and sort of swipe in, or just a touch. They they sort of move in onto onto the onto Verstappen, and that's what triggers the whole accident. He's I certainly think,
2: not going in a straight line.
0: Definitely not. And I think Vettel w- had left probably enough room for one car, which would have been Verstappen's car. But yeah, he'd he had, Vettel had no idea that Raikkonen was coming up the inside because it, it, there's just no way he would have seen him for Verstappen's car because th- if you look at the angles then he Verstappen would have been blocking his view of Raikkonen up until the, the critical point
2: yeah I think uh, it almost seems to me like Vettel didn't realize Raikkonen was there and wanting to squeeze Max to the inside and Raikkonen didn't realise Vettel was there and wanted to squeeze Max the other way to give himself a better line into the corner. I, I honestly don't think the Ferraris knew where each other were.
0: Yeah, that that's exactly it, because Raikkonen couldn't see where Vettel was either for exactly no. the same reason. Yeah. Is that it was just right, Verstappen was right in that middle of that line of sight between the it, two cards.
1: See, I'm, I'm with you, Stu. I know you thought you might be controversial, but I am with you to a certain extent, because... For the people that have been extremely against Vettel, saying, no, oh, he should have had penalties for this, and so on and so forth, I've argued the case of, well, then, I think Raikkonen would need looking at for similar reasons, because there is that moment where Raikkonen is far too down the inside to make the corner stick, and he has to move over to the right because he's he's committing himself to something that's never going to work realistically with Max's position and has to come across right, like yeah. you say, and there's there's nowhere to go other than that, and there's a point where you Raikkonen should really back out of that move, and instead of backing out, he tries to move across. Thinking that Verstappen will have the space to react to him and move out, and he can yeah. push Verstappen yeah. out wide, which obviously he can't.
0: It, it all just seemed really, really desperate from both Ferrari drivers. It to me. did, which is strange. Mm. Mm. I, it, I fe- guess it feels like that. It, I, I've I've said this on this podcast. It felt feels to me like if Mercedes had won this race on, which in, in fairness they probably did win it on pace in the end, but. If they'd won it without a threat from Ferrari and Ferrari had stayed in the race, then absolutely this is Mercedes' championship to Ferrari. We've away. said
2: that for a while, haven't we? That this should this race will tell us a lot about the rest of the season. Yeah,
0: but we still sadly we, we won't we we haven't got the evidence we needed from this race because we didn't see him actually racing. We, well, one. we
1: haven't, but Hamilton's ended up with a twenty-five point score over Vettel, which is That's, huge. Yeah, it's really? a massive margin. Yeah, I mean, margin.
2: It, even if. In a normal race, Mercedes had beaten uh, Ferrari on points. They would have, like, gained a handful of points on them. But to gain 25 points is, like... Yeah. yeah. I thought it was quite so. interesting what Hamilton said, actually, about the crash. Um He said he thought it was racing incident as well and said, um often, when you look at my last start at Monza, when you pull away, you can't actually see the guy who's in second place. Uh, mm. They're generally in your blind spot. If they get as good a start to you, and it's difficult to know where they are. So your immediate thoughts to cover your ground to get the inside and cover and turn them down. So I assume that's what Vettel did, which seems spot on. It's really fair it? to assume, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so, and that, but that's why I don't think Vettel did anything particularly wrong. I think I, and I, I thought looking at it that there probably was enough room to get Max in. It was only the fact that Raikkonen hit Max and then suddenly got swung in. Into yeah, because the first Vettel.
2: contact was between Raikkonen and uh, Verstappen. Yeah. Mm. It was it was a calculated risk, wasn't it? it that yeah. He took a calculated risk that
0: normally comes off, and on this occasion, it didn't. And I think yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. Um, but he was desperate to win this race and and yeah. uh, and regain that championship lead, especially given where Hamilton was. He was quite far back, so that must have lit a fire in uh, in Vettel's belly and made him think, oh, "I'm going to own this one. I'm, there's no it, way I'm losing this. I want those does points." Does
1: it make you think? either of you, this is something that sort of came to mind after, while I was watching the race, but does it make you think that the one-lap pace that Vettel turned on out of almost nowhere to take pole the way that he did in Quali, and the way that they were behind the Red Bulls up until that very last point, does it make you think that Ferrari knew they maybe didn't have the race pace that Red Bull had and they 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 Quite thought possibly. they were staring at a Red Bull 1 2 and the Red Bulls coming past them and that's why between both Ferraris they were so desperate to be in front of Verstappen into that first corner yeah. because they they yeah, felt I they mean, needed that to defend a win
2: all through I mean all through the practice sessions Ferrari were yeah. nowhere they were way off the Red Bull pace yeah, um, they were a long so yeah far. you're probably right I I think and I still think if a Red Bull or two had got ahead they would have struggled to beat them yeah I think I think to be honest that although we all predicted uh, yeah. Ricardo to win <laughs> I actually think the more likely result after qualifying was that that should have been uh, Verstappen's second win but yeah mm. we were never to know um, no. I will say I think like obviously after the Baku incident and Vettel kind of played dumb a little bit um but when he said in the interviews after the well after the first lap that he genuinely didn't really know how it happened I I believe the guy like I think he didn't know much about exactly how it played yeah out.
1: and even though I've not heard the exact recording of it as of yet there was apparently a radio message from him back to the team
2: more or less saying this is my fault I'm sorry um I mm, see. I read that and I heard it earlier. What he actually just says, he just says sorry a couple of times. I guess sorry to the team Fair for enough. the fact that he's been involved in a crash in any way. Um, but yeah, I th- yeah. I, he probably. I well. mean,
0: the big thing about that is you got to remember that Vettel didn't go out until uh, uh, like two corners later as well. He's, he so he would have thought, oh no, I've just dropped it. I've just that's spun true, it.
2: yeah, because he didn't realise he was spewing coolant out yeah, the yeah, back of his car right at that point. He
0: wouldn't have seen the hulks. We coming out of the back of his car. He? <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah. bright
2: greeny, yellow, just
1: coolant stuff, just spraying all out yeah, the back of the car yeah. from the radiator. Uh, a lanky streak of coolant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: so he ended up almost reversing round turn five uh, with yeah. everybody streaming <laughs> yeah, that was past quite him. Bizarre to watch as well, wasn't it? Just like moving backwards. Quite well done by Vettel, not to yeah. say put himself sideways or anything and make himself into a barrier so there was a really really scary hairy moment that i thought
2: yeah i think lewis was quite lucky that he didn't bounce back and collect yeah, it as well it was very yeah. close
1: uh, i think ultimately the person we've sort of mentioned that's worst off out of it is probably alonzo yeah poor Alonso! like, like Alonso. absolute yeah. lightning start to get to yeah. get in the position to be hit by them
2: um, and it's the one weekend you don't want to be at the pointy end of the grid and he finds himself there. <laughs> well, I mean, Ricardo had an absolute dog of a start and as a result avoided all of that yeah. chaos. Yeah. If he'd had a decent start, he'd probably have been up in the mix
0: as well and would have had a yeah.
2: a Toros on the podium.
0: Yeah. I mean, speaking of amazing starts, Raikkonen's start... Was yeah, abs- I think that it was even better than Alonso's. That was an absolutely lightning start, right I've up seen... until he
2: touched wheels with uh, yeah. <laughs> their.
0: Yeah, an incredible yeah. start. And I, I actually shouted out loud, you know, when it happened. I did. Just like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was like watching Belgium. Was it Belgium in like seventy? No, it was like later than so like when Schumacher, 90s. David of, yeah. Coulthard yeah. causing chaos. Yeah. To a slightly lesser degree, but still, <laughs> like absolute carnage. Um, yeah, Alonso, ugh, that was gutting, wasn't it? it was, the whole, the whole thing was just like as soon as it had happened, I was just like, oh, great. It was. It was shaping it was... up to be like the first decent Singapore Grand Prix we've ever had, and it's ruined before we even get to turn one.
2: Yeah, I, I do just overall just feel robbed of a hell of a race. Yeah, the yeah. the
1: rain was potentially going to give us the show wasn't it i think mm.
0: well it, just the way the strategy all played yeah. out through the race as well like you never really quite knew and that was exciting we, you know we got a bit of strategy back into formula 1 and it was exciting yeah. to see like who i always love blink first for the tires yeah i always kind of love that time when like someone in the middle of the pack takes a risk on the wets
2: and just everybody's staring at the timing screens waiting <laughs> yeah. to see yeah. what their second sector's like yeah yeah
1: um so after all of that, we saw probably the first decent overtake of the day and lo and behold it was actually <laughs> Julian Palmer.
2: <laughs> Julian Palmer overtaking a mistake. In the turn things. one. Yeah. It
1: was it was on the safety car restart to be fair, wasn't it? Um uh, yeah. So
2: it mean, was a good it was a good move. Committed. Yeah, I mean the, the initially you thought I was kinda of got look there, maybe Bottas made a mistake into the final corner or something, it was very opportunistic. But then Bottas didn't really get near passing him back, do no. they? I don't think. Not for a while, anyway. Not until the pit stops. Um, Bottas was really off the pace, actually, in the wet. Yeah. he's um. That seems to be his Achilles heel, actually. There's been a couple of races this year where in the wet, he's just not been there, really. I don't think the um, since-released details
1: about his water bottle have helped. The fact that he was suffering dehydration... Yeah. Because he could obviously at that point in the race it wouldn't have been a, a particular factor, but obviously towards the end of a two-hour yeah. race, um, it's probably taken its toll on him. The fact that the water bottle was broken, and even though it's a night race, what people have to remember is that it's like what is it thirty-degree heat still even at night? Something. And like then that, the humidity yeah, as well. Boiling. Like it, it must take its toll. And you could see that on a lot of yeah, the drivers' faces throughout the weekend. Really, couldn't you?
2: Yeah, he um... said. <clears throat> i I thought it was really funny what he said about it actually let me just find the quote yeah so his his war bot wasn't working for the whole race um he said no i feel okay it was just towards the end of the race that i could feel my vision was not as clear as it could be but you know human beings can do amazing things as long as you don't give up (laughs) (laughs) that's such a that's such a af one drive response and B uh, nordic response (laughs) yeah it's like yeah it'll be fine (laughs) yeah it's, uh, it's not a track I'd like to be losing my vision on, that's no. for sure. No, true. definitely not. If,
0: if there's any track you don't want to lose your vision on, it's Singapore. Has yeah. it yeah. got more more turns than any other, any other track I on the I believe it has. Yeah, yeah. It's like 20-something corners. And
1: they're all sort of all majority 90-degree corners yeah. as well. They're not exactly yeah. really small things.
0: Yeah. I, I'm really not a massive fan of this track. If it's we, we probably my kind of least favourite circuit on the calendar. Mm. I think it's a spectacle seeing the cars go around at night yeah, and yeah. all the lights and all the different colours you see and you can see through the visors so you can see the driver's eyes with certain camera angles and stuff like that. That's really cool. There's aspects of it that are, that are really cool but just the track itself just isn't up to it, it I don't It think.
2: doesn't promote much overtaking, does it? Which it hasn't produced a race in 10 years now. Yeah. That is, well, the only one that's worth remembering is the Crash Gate one which is uh, remembered for the
0: wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, That one and this one will be the two, I think, that go down in history. It's yeah, the, the biggest Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah. Until next year, maybe. You don't know what's going to happen next year, obviously, but we'll <laughs> see. Well, we've got four more years of it because I signed a new deal, so that's something to look forward oh, to. Yeah, very true. Okay. Very true.
1: <laughs> um, on the brief subject of crashes that you kind of brought up, um, Danny Caviat did a Danny Caviat Oh, he was...
2: It was really, Ugh. really poor. Wasn't it was it? amateur. Just
1: sort of it was amateur that. Just
0: bumbled it into the wall, didn't
1: he? Yeah. That's slow. The thing is, is there was a lock up. Um, but there's a point where you have to admit you need to back out of that, I think. And he was just too persistent on the fact that no, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it. I'm in the wall. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. It's like like, he was waiting to, thinking, oh, it's okay, I'll hit the rewind button after I've hit the wall. (laughs) (laughs) I've been playing too much of the game. game. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the thing is,
1: what he really needed to be doing there, and what a lot of drivers will do on a circuit like that, is you accept the lock-up, and you kind of head straight on for the service road, the escape road, and do your little sort of half-donut turn round and come back. like. Yeah, fair enough. You might lose a place or two, and but it's better than it being in the wall and you being out of the race. It
2: yeah. was a weird one because it was like it all just looked very like slow and lackadaisical, and yeah. then when he actually hit the wall, uh, hit the tires, it was a massive impact. Yeah, it was really weird to watch. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty amateurish. Definitely. Mm.
1: Um, this this one seems to have divided opinion a little bit, but Kevin Magnussen, and yeah, he was.
2: It, a man possessed, yeah,
1: demon. It was there was basically it started with Massa, didn't it? Through the right hand kink uh, as they go under one of the bridges, and they sort of came together as Massa maybe didn't realize he was there or just tried to squeeze him out. They sort of came
2: together, and Massa ne- nearly put him in the wall, to be fair to him. Yeah, there's um, the F1 uh, like Twitter and YouTube and stuff official account have of, put up a replay of that, and they pause it at the exact moment they're side by side, and there's literally a quarter of an inch between Massa's wheel on one side and the wall on the other side. It's like just a half-sized wow. uh, gap. Yeah. It's ridiculous.
1: So after that, they then went into the next turn uh, where Magnuson managed to jam it down the inside and force Massa out onto the outside. Ocon then starts sniffing behind them yep. and comes up behind the pair of them and looks like, ha, I'm going to take it to easy places here. Comes to go around the outside and Magnussen nearly pushes him into the wall in defending his position for the next corner. Again, whether Magnussen realised Ocon was there or not is another question, but some people were really offended by Magnussen's driving there, saying he was driving like an absolute lunatic and no regard for anyone else's safety. Other people were defending him, saying they were fantastic moves, so I don't know where you guys sit.
0: Definitely better moves than what Raikkonen managed. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: I enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. Um. If to be honest, if you look at all the overtakes in Singapore over the years, they're all a bit like that and a bit bumpy and out of control and that's kind of how it has to be there. Hmm. I thought it was just some pretty good hard racing personally.
1: Yeah, I, I was um I felt a little sorry for him, to be honest, when Masa tried to squeeze him out. I thought Masa had been a bit harsh on him with the amount of room he'd given him. But then I was a bit dubious about the way that he nearly did the same thing to Ocon, and I thought Ocon could have ended up in the wall. So it was a 50-50 for me, but it's why we watch F1 for a bit of that, isn't it? A bit of elbows out racing on a street circuit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a
2: lot of that's probably a result of what you said earlier with um, what's... Because, I mean, Williams had a shocking qualifying session, and they expected next to nothing and suddenly found themselves in with a share of points because of so many people dropping out. So I think, yeah. All a bit of over-excitement in the midfield. Yeah. Mm. Um, not
1: long after that, Marcus Ericsson managed to be the first person I've ever seen in 10 <sighs> years to crash it on the bridge.
2: Yep. It was, mm. that was, speaking of amateurish, that was all very silly, wasn't it?
1: I don't know if he maybe yeah, got too much kerb and unloaded the rear or something. It looked so, like that. yeah.
2: But, but he just... Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, people have always said that if someone crashes on that bridge, it's going to be a Job to get the car off it and yeah, it took 10 years, but it's finally happened. Yeah, it took like 10 years to get him. I mean, Lewis was straight on the radio saying, Why have we got a safety car? It's like, Lewis, mate, yeah, but you I just did, wait, you I just did, wait until you get, get to that bridge. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then he had his arms out, didn't he? On the dash, just like having a stretch, yeah, board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, you know what I felt in that I felt the same way by that point. I was just like, oh, for God's sake, not another. Well, that was the second cat.
2: time he would built a lead back up half, over uh, Ricardo. Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah, and then
1: the last sort of notable retirement, let's say, uh, was Nico Hulkenberg having. Oh, Whatever issues they were that involved a mechanic having to seemingly, literally pump air into the manually car manually pump it out. <laughs> yeah, it's most ridiculous thing we've ever was. seen. It was yeah. like a foot pump. I a... used one of those on my bicycle to pump up my
2: tires. What were they doing? Yeah, it looked, it looked like uh, they were about to spray their tomatoes in the greenhouse <laughs> or something. <laughs> 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 it was one of the like in a, in a sport this advanced. It's one of the most stupidly basic things <laughs> I've seen in a very long time. Yeah.
0: Do we... Um, I do love it when those things Between happen.
1: the three of us, do we know what ultimately was his issue? I heard I heard a few things about oil leak and hydraulic issues, but I don't know what officially caused him to retire at this moment.
0: No, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. No, I don't know either. I think it was some... It, it sounds like... I, I heard the word pneumatic mentioned during the co- commentary, which should yeah don't know, i don't think're being pumped into something
2: i don't think they're allowed to top up any like oil or hydraulic fluids or anything but they are allowed no. to top up the air which is what that stupid pump <laughs> was yeah
0: i don't know like where where does air go in, other than the tires where do where does air go into a formula one car's body like i, I thought it was they... all, i thought they were all pressurized and fluids and stuff like that well
2: maybe they can use like air pressure in one system to
0: to help with the pressure in another i don't know no, well, when you think about that, I mean, obviously there's a reason why they do it, so there's no doubt about that. otherwise they wouldn't yeah. bother doing it, especially in the middle of a race, but, like, the logic says that air in a pressurised system, you, like, if you get air in your brakes, on your brake lines on a car, you get a really spongy brake pedal, yeah. because air's less dense than the fluid, so they can't have been topping up any fluid levels with, with air. Who knows? Well, whatever it was, it didn't work, because
2: you retired. <laughs> <short> <laughs> yeah, after. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's trivial. It's just not, not, not important.
1: <laughs> no. Moving away from that, Pretty then. Um, yeah, we... quickly. quickly. <laughs> should we <laughs> just debate a driver of the day,
2: if one could be found? It's a tricky on this, actually. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of. I mean, we've got to mention Carlos Sainz yeah. coming home fourth in uh, the Toro. Best so. of the rest, as we usually mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. Really solid drive. Uh, immediately after. Um, we found out that he's definitely moving to Renault. Um, hmm. Apparently, um, Franz, is he Franz Tost at Toro Yes, also? it is. Yeah, apparently um, on the radio afterwards, he said something like, uh, great drive, Carlos, we're not letting you leave anymore. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, he's definitely worth a mention, I think. Um... I think Hulkenberg probably would have had that fourth spot had Renault not completely cocked up the strategy.
1: Yeah, I have him sort of earmarked as it was a very good drive ruined by some bad strategy and just some mechanical issues, which... Oh, Renault did a terrible job. Yeah, I feel for Hulkenberg, because there was a point where
2: he looked like he was on for the third, for the podium spot. Yeah, Yeah, well, he was running... Well, the thing is, this would have been the race where he took the record um, from Satil of the most races there at a podium. He had equaled that record. Yeah. And this was the race where he made his own terrible record. And he was actually running in third for quite a while. Um, But yeah, like the, the safety car came out and the Renault guys watched everyone else come into the pits and their lap later went, oh, we, we should probably do that as well. It's like, and double sacked doing? as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, so they just put their guys like right to the back. Yeah,
2: terrible. Yeah, yeah. There, were a few um, que-
0: there was a questionable decision from Mercedes, I thought, not to put, well uh, half questionable decision from Mercedes to put Hamilton not to pit Hamilton during any of the safety car periods during the wet times.
2: Yeah, th- I thought that could
0: yeah, that was the only one not to pit for another set of engines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it turned out it turned out to be the right decision because he every time he still managed to pull away from Ricardo. So like like Every every time they asked it. about the tyres, he was like, yeah, that's
2: fine. It's, all, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he probably could have gone to the yeah, end of He then probably. did
1: question the decision, though, as well. Because they were asking him, and he was saying the tyres were fine throughout most of the race. But then, obviously, he was like, has everybody paid for fresh Inters except me? Is that the right thing to be yeah, doing yeah. here, guys? And he did mm-hmm. question it. But to be fair to him, by the end of the race, he said, he said to over the radio, great strategy calls, you know, we've won this together. So... He, he, yeah. he knows he knows you know, if he, he can question them and if he has a point or he has an opinion they will probably listen to him but ultimately yeah, i think yeah. as a lot of drivers have to do he puts his faith in what they've decided even if it, maybe he doesn't agree with it at the
0: time and obviously long term he comes out better off so yeah i mean obviously in hindsight they definitely did make the yeah. correct decisions and i think even if they had pitted him probably red bull would have done the opposite and left ricardo yeah. out with the track position, yeah.
2: As long as no one else behind them suddenly started looking significantly faster, all they really had to do was just wait for Ricardo to pit yeah. and react, because he had like a twelve-second lead or something like that by that point. I think yeah. so. Yeah, <clears throat> there was no it? real risk.
0: Yeah, it didn't. It wouldn't have made sense to give up the track position, but especially when he's saying his tires are feeling fine.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, just going back to Carlos Sainz, He put a picture on social media things of his um accelerator pedal from after the race and he had actually worn away all of the um the coating on top of the carbon fiber he'd oh, like wow. worn his throttle through to the carbon uh-huh. fiber he'd been uh racing that hard wow so good on mm-hmm.
0: him that's what you call mashing the accelerator. pedal it really that. is yeah i can't even say that <laughs> <laughs> at least <you> tried <laughs> <laughs>
2: We've got to mention Palmer as I well. I think we have. Uh, um, A yeah. couple of days after finding out he's losing his seat, he finally scored some points.
1: I saw I saw some slightly harsh, in my opinion, comments saying he's only ended up with those points because three top drivers went out. However, he finished sixth, didn't he? So even if those three drivers were still there, yeah. he would have been in the points. Yeah.
0: It's,
1: wor-
2: it's worth knows? noting.
0: That is worth noting. And even
2: without those top three, there were four of the retirements. Yeah, and he he and that, out that, of the door,
0: other, so, that that is the yeah. other that is the thing as well. That's the thing. Yeah,
1: he's, like, he's on a track in tricky conditions. Is uh, along with you know a, a bunch of the others that finish, but to be on a track in those conditions and you know keep you cool. Stroll had a little moment, but generally he did quite well considering it was his first uh-huh. experience of that kind of circuit in those kind of conditions. So. Mm. It's tricky yeah, on this.
0: It's one of those races where just finishing gets you a decent driver of the day status. Yeah, I think.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, it is a very difficult one. Um,
0: mm. I think for me, just based on how difficult it is to pick between those three, you have to... I've said I've done this before, but you kind of have to go for the winner because there were so many safety cars, and his 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 lead was taken away from him so many times. Yeah,
1: he
2: nailed every restart as
1: well. And yeah, and yeah. he he did manage the pace extremely well to Ricardo in the, as well the fact that I said to you guys during the race when it started to dry out a little bit, I was like, oh, this could be Ricardo's to win now. Like Hamilton's used his wet weather expertise that Ricardo is not known for. Now Ricardo uses the pace of the car. That he's got in the dry to maybe go at Lewis, but ultimately Ricardo had some uh, issues with the gearbox that were slowing him down a little bit. Yeah. So he, he never had the ultimate. Oh uh, yeah, actually, yeah, um, yeah that, that's true. So maybe he could have closed that- him down, but uh, problems with the car meant he had to kind of just bring it home safely yeah. in second by the end. Yeah. We
0: we were just so badly robbed of a decent race. Yeah, we? we really on were. so on so many levels, like the gearbox from Ricardo, the accident at the start. Ah, like it had it had all the ingredients for being a like a, an absolute game changer of a race, and it was just it just never came to fruition, did it? Yeah. Uh, I still well, but yeah, if if, if I'm giving it to one person, I'd say Hamilton. I maybe it's because I feel sorry for him, but I'm going to go for Palmer.
1: And yeah. I'd give it to Saints because I just think oh the well, best there we go. The rest, uh, go. It's spread amongst many.
0: Yeah.
2: Let's just give it to everyone who managed to finish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, move of the day. Any specific moves, guys? Um, we've already talked about sort of the three that stood out for me personally, which was Palmer on Bottas during one of the restarts. Ocon going. Oh no, sorry, we didn't talk about Ocon going around Magnussen. So after the incident with Magnussen, Massa, Ocon, um, a lap or two later, Ocon finally got back past Magnussen. Uh, by going around the outside of him into turn one and kind of just left him for, for dust basically. But I thought that was quite a, a good move in itself.
2: Mm. Yeah, I'm finding it hard to look past Magnuson and Massa to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's think the one I that stands that. out most for me.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. There weren't actually. Do we know how many on track overtakes there were?
2: This is this is Chris's remit. We do. There were forty six overtakes really which what? yeah is of which they
0: <laughs> Did any of those of
1: include everybody going past the 3 at the start? This is the thing. <laughs> Cuz if it includes that yeah. that's a significant number gone straight it's away. It's
2: hard to know when they stop counting <clears throat> for uh yeah for people who've retired. But yeah, there we go, 46, two of which with DRS. Um
0: only two DRS overtakes. Wow. Yeah. So that, it seems that, to be that, a that would the point towards, season, doesn't it? That would point towards them counting all the ones from the very start of the race to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so what is it? Seventeen cars going past three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is is basically probably, what? Probably
0: about 40. 24, 30, 41.
2: <laughs> oh, there we go. So there were <laughs> five more throughout the race.
0: But, you know that sounds about right because I don't recall seeing. Other than the Magnussen-Massafi that and and Palmer and Bottas and Ocon getting wrapped up in the magnussen fight I don't recall seeing any other overtakes at all.
2: Yeah, I'm interested to know how they figure this out. <laughs> we'll work it out one day. The yeah. good people at Mercedes pure pit wall. <laughs> we'll ask them. Why don't we just tweet them and ask them? We should. Them? Yeah, I'm, I'll I'll get on that after the podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely yeah. do that. Um. I forgot where we were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. w- w- Did well, we actually a- give anyone <laughs> appropriately? <laughs> <laughs> the, what the f are we doing here? At the Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? What are we doing <laughs> here, Sebastian? <laughs> well,
2: you tell us. Mm. Um, I mean, Kavia was pretty amateurish. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm glad you started there because
1: I'd probably got forgotten otherwise. Um, what about? the talking point of Ferrari's Twitter account, which yeah. yes. not everyone will have seen, so I want to make sure we bring it up because not everyone will have seen this. A lot of our listeners come from Facebook and other means, so they don't see these kind of things. I thought it was quite ridiculous, to be yep. brutally honest with you. Yeah, so what, what what did they do? Just remind me. So, um, as the Turn 1 incident was coming to its close, uh, the official Ferrari... Scuderia Ferrari account sent out a tweet that said Verstappen took Kimi 7 out and then he went to Seb 5, Singapore GP. To <laughs> uh,
2: um, so which everyone said, Were you watching the same race that we are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You
1: um, weren't, mate. <laughs> then, this is the interesting bit where I was watching um, Ted Kravitz's notebook where he does the roundup up and down the, the pit lane um, after the race. So it's usually about what? about an hour or so after the race, that roughly, isn't yeah. it, that he yeah. does that little bit. Yeah, about that. And he got to Ferrari, and his little point about Ferrari was, Ferrari have said that's not the official team's standpoint of events. It was a tweet not sent out by the usual social media team, and it was a tweet sent out by somebody else in the garage. One, who lets somebody do that? And two, if it's not an official standpoint, why not just delete it?
2: Yeah, and it's. Exactly. I've just looked, it's still there. And, and I, it is still there, because I'm looking at it right now. Then, then later on, they tweeted, yep. what we tweeted was a factual description of events. No need to speculate on this. Like, <laughs> it's like it's, so, all, it's all gone a bit oh, Donald Trump, hasn't it? And a bit fake news. Yeah, it's like, definitely. It's, uh, just oh,
0: it's so silly. Get a grip, like, man.
2: <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as silly as the turn
1: one incident was, and as silly as Kvyat going into the wall in the way that he did was quite farcical... I think that the the whole Ferrari's standpoint on it as a team just makes them look ridiculous, and I'm more than willing to give them what the effort we're doing here. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree.
0: Me too. Absolutely.
1: Two unanimous decisions today. First time which in is a while. Good. <laughs> yeah. First
0: time in a
1: while. It's I mean. gone better than turn one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So. The thing that was really ruined by the turn one incident, yeah. more than Vettel's Championship Challenge, <laughs> so more than Kimmy's <laughs> race, Max's race, more than Alonso's race, the thing that was truly ruined by the turn one incident was our prediction league. In a in a week which saw us with more entrants than ever before <laughs> on back of the grid, we probably saw the least amount of points scored it's, due to the events in oh, turn it's one. It's abysmal.
2: Yeah. Um, do you want to look after this, or shall I let you have a rest and do some talking for a bit? You are more than welcome to go through this if you wish, Chris. Yeah. So we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of you entered this week on top of us three, which is amazing. Thank you, everyone who took part. Yeah. Keep that up. <clears throat> That's awesome. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I think the highest score anyone had was two. <laughs> Yeah, Craig Mitchell got the winner of Hamilton and random drive Ricardo coming second, right? So he got two points. No one else. There are lots of ones and zeros, the odd one and a half, maybe. Um it wasn't even small. a one and a half. There's no, just there's a half. No, no, actually. Just a one. half. <laughs> so yeah, fastest qualifier. Um that's the thing we all did best on. Uh me, Tom, Faster Than You 14, uh, That's Life and uh, debut from Anders uh, All got that right The winner Only three people Got Hamilton winning That was a MIT 1 uh, Is Henrik Lindhoff New entry as well yeah. I think he is Yeah he uh, is. So well done to you And Craig Mitchell Got Hamilton as well uh, First DNF Nobody got right Unsurprisingly mm-hmm. uh, Gina uh, Was closest Narwin underscore DMY on Twitter With Alonso we also had um, Joel versus Gaming on Twitter, who hedged his bets and said Vettel slash Hamilton as first DNF, um, which I don't think we noticed at the time, otherwise we'd have asked you to pick one or the other. So I don't think we can give you the points for that, unfortunately, as you uh, yeah. hedged your yeah, bets. Yeah, it's, it's similar to an entry
1: very early on in the, in the series where, for the random driver, somebody said DNF, and we asked for a specific position rather than just general. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, got, it's got to be one driver for the first DNF. Uh,
2: Joel vs. Gaming did get half a point for number of finishes, though. Uh, closest with 13. The actual number was 12, which is no surprise no one got that. Um, and after all of their confidence with Daniel Ricardo winning the race, uh, he came second. So anywhere but here and Craig Mitchell were the only ones who got second right. Um, which is annoying because I very nearly hedged my bets and said second there, but there we go. Yeah, unfortunate weeks there for Stu, Iker,
1: um, and Paul Kelsall, who all, unfortunately, got nothing, despite very good predictions initially. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think. Uh, so a quick run through the scores. Uh, we have a few debuts. Um Gina, who I mentioned, Norman underscore DMY on Twitter, got half a point. Joel versus Game got half a point. Uh, Anders got uh, one point. Uh, Henrik Lindoff on Twitter got one point. And Admit1 also got a point. Uh, Fast the new 14 is up to four points. Anywhere But Here is up to six points. Ika stays on ten and a half. Craig Mitchell, who was their highest scorer this week on two, is up to 13. Paul Kelso stays on 15. That's Life went up by a point to 18 and a half. I went up by a point to 19. Stu stays on 20, so I'm snapping at his heels. Mm. And Tom only got a point as well, so he's on 24.
0: Ah, So disappointing. Yeah, Mm. so it's
2: all still quite close at the top. Um, But yeah, even though it was a rough week, uh, thank you everyone who got involved and please send in some predictions next time as well and hopefully you'll score a few more points.
1: Yeah, um, Simon at Admit One podcast as well. He also sends us random other little tidbits of predictions. <laughs> the ones that stood out to me were: Verstappen will suffer something involving a wheel nut, and then after the race, he added to that. But I never expected him to be a filling in an eight wheel nut Ferrari sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also said Räikkönen and Bottas will tangle, so it wasn't too far away—not
2: a million miles away. And he said Alonso in the top ten, which so. So could have been, uh, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I also like Lee McKenzie will sound insincere when interviewing a retiree <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's a nice. given yeah
1: some of some of Simon's off the books predictions are quite entertaining, so thank you Simon <laughs> for sending those when you do um I think on that note, there's not really a huge amount more to go through for that, is there? I don't think so,
2: um, and I think we covered all the news in the world last week. Um, yeah. I guess we can just say that pretty much everything that we said last week has come to pass.
1: Yeah, I think the only slight difference is that the signs to Renault is, uh, technically speaking, a loan deal. Yeah, which is eighteen.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember there ever been a loan deal in Formula 1 before, to be honest. No, it probably will be the
1: first that I'm aware of. Mm. Very
0: football-esque, isn't it, that one?
2: It really is, yeah. Yeah, um, and of course the other thing is the whole engine situation took another twist when it's being rumoured that Renault want out of their Ferrari, uh, sorry their Red Bull deal by the end of next season which would potentially leave Red Bull with uh, the Honda engine um, which
1: we sort of foresaw but
2: in a different fashion Yeah, um, but then the kind of curveball thrown in there is that it's expected in the next f- sort of few races I think that Aston Martin will be announced as a title sponsor for Red Bull Um, and I don't know the guy's name but the CEO of Aston Martin was at the race this weekend and he said in sort of no uncertain terms that they are looking with interest at the new engine regulations in 2021 with a view to building a Formula 1 engine so Stick an Aston Martin badge on the Honda for
1: a while, like we were joking about. Which is quite possible. And yeah. then in the new formula, uh,
2: the new regulation, just go full Aston. Yeah, Martin. I think that might be what happens. Which is, I mean, it's interesting. It'd be nice to have Aston Martin as a name in Formula One for um, sure. I do suspect that if Red Bull do get stuck with Honda engines and they continue to underperform, that Red Bull might not stick around in F one. That much longer, and they might end up becoming a de facto Aston Martin team. Um, I mean, Red Bull have always liked to threaten leaving Formula One, but yeah.
0: Well, I guess we'll see. They'd leave a big hole, wouldn't they? If if they did, Toro Rosso and Red Bull.
2: Well, I think we might end up with no Red Bull teams, but a Honda and Aston Martin team in their place. To be honest. Yeah, yeah very well, possible. That's where they leave behind, isn't it? Yeah. Which, to be honest, I think the people in charge of formula 1 would probably rather have two more car manufacturers over a fizzy drinks manufacturer
1: and yeah. and you've got then the potential of those teams opening up to customer teams so you've you'll get yeah definitely those teams powering a couple more new teams on the grid and if they're open to doing that we could start seeing 24 26 car grids again yeah keep it yeah. up yeah. to media interesting <laughs> yeah Uh, But yeah, that does wrap it up for this week. I think if there is any development in this news, you will obviously hear it next week if you join us for our Malaysian Grand Prix
2: preview. Oh, one more Um, thing I just thought of. Um, We mentioned after Spa that uh, celebrity mechanic Guy Martin was part of the Williams crew. Ah, yes. and as we predicted, there was a Channel Four documentary, which <laughs> was on uh, Sunday night, sort of late on after the race. Uh, I've not seen it yet, but I've heard it's very interesting. So, a bit cool. of a behind the scenes look into what the life is like as a F1 mechanic. So, well worth having yeah, that, that, should that watch, be a I good watch. I think watch should, should
0: be a good watch. Might go and watch that after this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, if you would like to get in touch with us and tell us about things like that that you've seen, or send us your predictions, or anything of the like, you can find us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Back of the Grid and you can also find us on Instagram at Back of the Grid. You can even go on the website which I promise I will update with the Prediction League now that there are so many people involved in it and it's getting more difficult for people to keep track of. <laughs> that website is backofthegrid.com. Uh, if you have any interest in following any of us individually, I am on Twitter as TomKing89, Chris is TNMChris and Stu is Stu underscore PX. I will leave it at that and we will say goodbye and we hope to see you next week for our Malaysia preview. Goodbye everybody.
0: Bye everyone. Bye.
2: This podcast is part of BritPodScene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com
0: or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more.